Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Plant-Centered Listener. My name is Ashley, and I am your host today. Imagine being a what you think is a healthy and fit person. You've pursued health, nutrition, fitness for years, and then all of a sudden, you're in the doctor's office being diagnosed with gray zone lymphoma. This is exactly what happened to our guest today about a year ago now, and this is a story of George, who grew up in the New York area before moving to Durham to go to Duke. He falls in love with North Carolina. He never leaves. He and his wife raise four children, and they now have nine grandchildren. George has a financial planning practice here in Durham with his partner, Joe. And in addition to all that, he's pursued, like I said, health and fitness for years. So it came as quite the shock when he was diagnosed with lymphoma. Along with traditional medical protocol of chemotherapy, George ends up pursuing a strict plan of action, including diet and exercise to eliminate the cancer and mitigate the effects of the chemotherapy. This story all is incredible. And this is George's unique perspective that he shares with you. And I cannot wait for you to hear it as well. Please join me in welcoming to the show, George. I kind of want to start at the beginning with your story, George, and kind of take us back to how everything started. Sure. So I guess it started in early 2022 when I got COVID and I, I thought that I eventually developed uh, long COVID. So for, for starting the, in the spring of, of 22, all the way through the fall, I had this lingering, annoying cough. And it wasn't until in the fall, the late fall of 22, that I noticed a hard lump in my neck. Oh. And I, uh, I pointed it out to my doctor and he's, he, he got very alarmed with the, with the exam. It was obviously a swollen lymph node. And, uh, we immediately did some bloods and I had, um, you know, elevated inflammation markers. And so he suggested, uh, biopsies. And that was a long, rocky road, to, to be honest, because the needle biopsy didn't show anything. So then we did a, a more invasive surgical biopsy. It wasn't conclusive. We had to do a third biopsy at Duke, and it wasn't entirely conclusive either. I engaged a, um, an oncologist who was kind of out of the system, kind of wanted a third-party uh, reference. And she said, listen, I think this is so unusual. We need to take your biopsy and send it to the National Institute of Health, where Dr. Uh, Jeffries, who is a, a, a well-known pathologist, uh, it, it can take a look at it. And she did. And she came back and said, you have lymphoma, but it's not Hodgkin's and it's not non-Hodgkin's. 
it's this rare uh, version called um, gray zone. So I had gray zone lymphoma and I, uh, I interviewed uh, the lymphoma specialist at Duke. Frankly, did not really like her bedside manner. I talked a lot about diet uh, and she didn't really want to hear about it. She just said, if you pursue diet to treat this, you'll be dead in a month, in a year. Okay. You'll be dead in a year. And she was just so very matter of fact and frank and just didn't believe it in it. It was obvious. I, I just said, okay, well, I need to look at someone else. And so I went to UNC, found uh, another oncologist who, although she didn't seem very well versed in diet uh, as a treatment or a kind of a, a strong uh, supplement to traditional medicine, she uh, was was certainly more open to it and not so antagonistic. So that's that's where I ended up going for uh, the, the traditional approach to treating cancer. You're not going to be surprised. It's chemo and maybe radiation and whatever else. So uh, bef- I should step, take one step back and say that between all these biopsies and uh, uh, consultations and all that stuff, uh, I went to a uh, website called Chris Beat Cancer. A friend had recommended this. This is a man named Chris Wark. And Chris, at 26, got colon cancer and uh, pursued a, a holistic uh, approach to treating cancer. So it's food, it's meditation, it's exercise, it's community, all the things that we know uh, uh, from a holistic uh, point of view are, uh, are great medicine. It's really about food as medicine primarily. And so I, uh, I, I dove in with both feet to, uh, to understand his protocol and follow his steps. He has, uh, about a dozen videos where he goes into great depth about all of those ways of, of addressing cancer, all kinds of cancer. Is this, when you saw your first oncologist, was this kind of the approach that you had in mind? Had you already been introduced to it? Yes. Okay. Yes. And she just just kind of treated it like, you know, well, that's all well and good, but, you know, you really need to do this with uh, strong chemotherapy. Yeah, that yeah. That was her approach. And I said, well, you know, isn't chemotherapy uh, toxic? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and isn't it carcinogenic, the actual therapy? Well, yeah, it might be, but, you know, you're going to die without it, so you need it. It's very effective. And, you know, it is hard to argue that for lymphoma, anyhow, the, the data is out there. You know, they can, they've tested this clinically. It's got something like a 75% or better chance of, of curing, uh, uh lymphoma. So it's, it's hard to argue that you shouldn't do that. And, uh, you know, when I had the conversation with my wife and, and kids, uh, you know, my adult kids, they were all like, no, you got to do that, dad. You know, yeah. the, the diet just scares us too much. You can't just do that. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like you ended up going down the path of both eventually. Exactly. That's yeah. right. That's right. I actually had a chance to pursue the diet protocol for about two months before I s- launched into the chemo. 
some of that had to do with uh, insurance coverage and I, I changed insurance and so we needed a little bit of time. But in that time, the tumor in my neck was uh, went down substantially. I felt great energy. I started to feel better. By the way, I should say I did have this what they call mediastinal uh, B-cell lymphoma. So it wasn't just in my neck. It was also there was a large mass behind my sternum. And it really could have been life-threatening if we'd let it, you know, continue yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and how are you feeling too? Kind of getting these biopsies done, and it ke- keeps coming back inconclusive, and then mm-hmm. you know it's being shipped off to this mm-hmm. other doctor. I mean, how are you kind of feeling that? I mean, that's a lot of waiting time trying to figure out what is going on with you and your health. It is, and that was probably the the the, the toughest uh, time through the the whole journey was just kind of figuring out what on earth is this really. And how do we treat it? And, uh, you know, what's the prognosis, all that? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. A, a couple months before you even started chemo, you started this approach that Chris highly recommends that he used That's himself. Right. And right. it sounds like your tumor already started shrinking a little bit. It did. It did. It was very clear. Of course, the doctor said, oh, no, you're just losing weight. And, you know, you're you're leaving more room for the, the, the tumor to feel better. It doesn't feel so tight in your neck. Yeah, they just, they don't want to believe that you can address it this way. Yeah. Which I'll say, George, it's so frustrating to hear that because there are, there's so much evidence that shows how impactful diet can be on yes. a variety of different health conditions. That's right. And that's right. <laughs> just, and, and it, yeah. The doctors aren't trained this way. You know, yeah. they get their training largely from the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Big farm, you know, pays for the studies, pays for their information that they are trained on, trained on, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's why doctors have two major uh, tools on their tool belt, right? It's surgery, it's cutting, or it's medication. It's yeah. not diet, sleep, and exercise and meditation. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to prescribe that. Right, which is what you were practicing the two months right leading up to your chemo. I am curious, and it's unfortunate that people like Chris kind of get pushed aside and it's like, oh, that person's, you know, quote crazy or they're kind of a whack or something. Um, But I know we kind of talked offline that Chris has a ton of testimonials of people who have followed his program. And of course, it's very important, you know, if you're listening to this to kind of do your own research and do what's best for you, because by no means is this medical advice. We're just kind of sharing our own stories of what That's right. our, yeah, our opinions are here. But could you kind of explain what you were doing those two months leading up to getting your chemo? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, up to and throughout the chemo, I should say. This yeah. was a good at least six, six to eight months of this uh, protocol. And it's really pretty simple. Uh, you eat two enormous, he calls them uh, cancer-beating salads a day. And you you can augment that later with uh, things like oatmeal, and I'll get into that, and, and juicing. So it's basically 40 to 60 ounces of root juices every day. And then I also would uh, have a, a, a green lemonade, which is basically a, a an organic lemon and four green apples and uh, or at least that ratio uh in the juicer so you're drinking that every day a smoothie uh every day which is basically organic cherries and strawberries a banana and an organic lemon i would add to that uh cranberry 
uh, uh, freeze-dried cranberry powder and uh, amla. And um, amla is actually known as a gooseberry. It's widely used in India and in uh, Averetic medicine where they they use that powder um, because it's the it's the one fruit on earth that has the most uh, antioxidants on the planet so uh, but it's very bitter so it's best to use used in things like smoothies um, so I was doing that every day uh, and certainly just all the raw vegetables and smoothies for uh, 90 days and then after that I started to introduce some cooked vegetables as well uh, so the, so the salads would have broccoli sprouts leafy greens you know carrots tomatoes a- anything that uh, that I wanted on the salad really was fine sauerkraut because uh, you want fermented things in your diet every day to try to re- replace the uh, uh, gut system that you're destroying with chemo <laughs> So I know that you mentioned, George, you're eating a lot of salads, you're pressing a lot of fruits and vegetables and making juices and smoothies. Um, and you also mentioned cooked vegetables as well. Kind of how did that play a role into your diet? Yes. So I was really all raw for the first 90 days, but that does get old. And, you know, after a while you do want to have cooked foods. So I would pretty consistently uh, roast cauliflower, roast broccoli, uh, asparagus, I actually went to an acupuncturist every week, and she was terrific helping me uh, kind of support my liver and detox. But she also said, eat asparagus every day if you can. In Eastern medicine, that's considered a a superfood. So I roasted a lot of uh, asparagus. I ate that. Uh, My wife is is from Portugal, and so she would uh, routinely make me uh, these vegan soups which is basically zucchini, some potato, garlic, onion, leeks, spinach, all those kinds of things. So I would routinely have uh, these vegan soups. So uh, I did kind of uh, go to some cooked foods uh, you know, later on. So a, yeah. a lot of plants, it sounds like. <laughs> a lot of plants, right? Yeah. And by the way, you don't eat any animal products. Wow. And he goes into great depth explaining... Um, the, the carcinogenic uh, effects of animal products mm. and all the things that are in them. I mean, even if you're eating organic animal products, there's all kinds of reasons not to be. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit easier for me because um, in the fall of 2021, I was bit by a tick and got alpha gal. That's right. Are you familiar? Do you know other people with alpha? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I've met several. Yes. Yeah. So it's for, for folks listening who aren't in the Southeast United States, this is becoming a real issue for us in the South. If you get bit by the lone star tick, you have this autoimmune reaction to mammal. So I actually went to the ER break after eating a steak. Uh, I broke out in hives, terrible <laughs> hives, and they were worried I was going to ha- have an anaphylactic reaction. I, I didn't because they, you know, gave me you know, steroids and uh, and all that. Uh, but from so it's been a couple of years now that uh, I was off of all mammal anyhow. Yes. Wait. So what was the timeline? Did you get bit by the tick first? Remind me. That's right. Because fall then... of twenty twenty one. 
uh, COVID in spring of 2022, discovered the lymphoma, uh, you know, by February of, of uh, 2023. Wow. Oh my yeah. goodness, George. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds like too, you know, following this program, it was mm. probably, I'm assuming a little bit different than maybe the lifestyle that you were following previously with your diet, at least. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I had been uh, exercising for years and I didn't let that drop. Uh, so five days a week, I was doing some kind of um, high intensity exercise throughout the uh, the, the uh, cancer treatment. So I was uh, boxing twice a week and uh, uh, lifting weights with a uh, personal trainer the other three days. And this yeah. was during your chemotherapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually feel like the reason I felt good enough to do that was because I was overdosing on nutrients. Yeah. I was yeah. feeding my body all the things it needed. And, uh, and, and that kept my energy level. You know, yeah. I, I occasionally needed to stop in the afternoon and take a nap, but that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that term too, overdosing on nutrients. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 That's Chris's, that's kind of Chris's mantra. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. The other thing I wanted to mention was that, um, I worked out five days a week, but that's not for everybody. And some people just get hit harder by the chemo when they just don't have the energy to do all that. For those folks, I think just if they can just get up and take a walk, if it's 10 minutes to start, great. If they can get out 20 or 30 minutes and walk around in the neighborhood, that's critical. You know, we're, uh, movement is life. And if you can get moving, that's going to do your world a good, no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Huh. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine you had to learn some new skills. Cause I, I imagine you weren't juicing every day like you were right. before that. Oh my gosh. It felt like a full-time job because, you know, I was, you know, going to Whole Foods most every day, uh, you know, s s storing up uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, fresh organic uh, fruits and veggies and, um, and then, uh, and then preparing it, you're right. So yeah. it does, it, it, it did take some time. Yeah. Yeah. How was, how was that transition to, how did your body adjust mm -hmm. sort of those, you know, initial few days or maybe even a few weeks as you mm -hmm. were transitioning over to Chris's program? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So, uh, first off, when you're eating all those fresh vegetables, you're going to the bathroom a lot, you know, you've got that roughage kind of just zooming through you. And that's of course a good thing. Um, I don't know how much of it is also reacting to the, all the toxins that the chemo is putting in your body, but I think that's flushing those toxins out that you're, you're naturally detoxifying. Um, so that, that was different. I should say the chemo pretty quickly changed my taste buds. You know, everything in your digestive tract from your, the tip of your tongue to the other end is impacted because they're fast growing cells and the chemo disrupts fast growing cells. That's yeah. the intent, right? So the, the, the long short of that is your digestive tract is, is, is just has havoc wreaked and everything tastes bad. Everything tastes bad. It changes your taste buds terribly, right? So for me, it was like kind of this soapy, petroleum, off-putting kind of awful taste. 
It, even a glass of water tasted awful. Bummer. Wow. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Has it so, come back, your taste? <laughs> it does. It, okay, it, good. It, and I'm, I'm completely back now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, but you know, you're not doing it for the taste. You just, this is food is medicine. So you just drink your juice, eat your big salad, uh, and just to treat it as prescription. Yeah. Was there at any point along this journey where you, you mm -hmm. felt validation from maybe the people who were taking care of you, whether it was doctors, nurses, or anyone kind of saying like, yeah, what you're doing, what, how you're eating and this like lifestyle that you're trying to lead while also receiving chemotherapy. That's a great idea. Yes. Th I did get that. Um, I, you know, I, I lost some weight, but that was, I needed it and I felt great. Um, you know, I didn't look like the typical cancer patient, except for the fact that all my hair, you know, fell out. Um, but I, you know, I wasn't weak and, you know, emaciated and, you know, tired and struggling. I, I wasn't like that at all. Now, the biggest validation, frankly, came after my second scan. So I had six cycles of chemotherapy separated by each separated by three weeks. And after my second chemo, I did a full body scan and visited with my oncologist. She opens it up and her jaw dropped because I had what she called bulky disease. I had very big, a very big mass, as I said, in my neck and, and uh, uh, chest. And it was completely gone after the second cycle. Wow. And she said, I would have loved to see this after six cycles. This is extraordinary after two. Wow. So she was expecting to hopefully see that after six cycles, but you did it right. in two. Right. And uh, when she sent me to the radiation oncologist, we had a frank discussion about that because I said, you know, so where are you going to aim the radiation? There's nothing. And he said, well, we would traditionally just aim it at where the cancer was. And I said, well, there, there's absolutely nothing since the second uh, uh, chemo. I said, you've got a very good point. And I asked him the same thing. I said, radiation is toxic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it does have carcinogenic uh, effects, right? It can bring, bring on other car, uh, cancers. Oh, yes. So I said, so there is risk involved in that, right? He said, you're absolutely right. And he said, to be honest, I could probably only justify maybe, maybe a 10% increase in your longevity if we use radiation now. So I think we could skip it. Wow. How did that feel he to hear that? that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How did you feel after hearing that? That was, well completely validated. Yeah. Right. Like, obviously this is working and they, and frankly, they ought to be using this as a mm. therapy, if nothing else, alongside uh, the chemo. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it astounds me that they didn't take more interest in it. Yeah. Cause did you receive any other education, like kind of any other lifestyle factors that would be beneficial for you to practice while you were also receiving chemo? Well, they, they did encourage, you know, the, the, the group exercise therapy, uh, they, they did have a nutritionist, but the nutritionist 
And I spoke to two, actually, at the hospital, and they both said, well, you really need to augment with some uh, animal protein. Mm. <laughs> you ought to at least add salmon in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and maybe some lamb and things like that. I will say when I did my rotation, this was over a decade ago now, so it's been a while and things yeah. have changed. But when I did yeah. my rotation in a cancer center, that was that was the recommendation. It was really eat whatever you want was kind of the main thing and eat as much fat and protein as you can to get those calories in because the more nutrient dense of foods you can eat, kind of the better off you're going to be because you're not going to be right. eating a whole lot. So, right. yeah. Right. Wow. And you go into the clinic waiting your your turn to get the chemo and they've got all kinds of sugary things there in the in the lobby for mm. you even the you know the uh, the granola bars with the you know fruit filled things i say fruit you know yeah <laughs> who knows what it is right right and, and i should mention by the way speaking of sugar that the number one thing you eliminate from diet that chris makes makes it very clear is all sugar and flour and processed foods. They all go away. They're, they're pro-inflammatory. I mean, it, it, uh, exactly. it, logically, it makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And you're trying to get, you know, an anti-inflammatory regimen in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, that's very healing when you have cancer, but it's a very good idea, even if you don't. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So if you're eating whole foods all the time, you just have this sense of uh, satiety that you don't otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds daunting at first, I'm sure, for a lot of people to get to, to do that. But once you get you break free of those, it really is easier than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, your your body adapts, your digestive system adapts, your taste buds adapt to where those foods mm -hmm. maybe were once off-putting or not as flavorful or appealing become mm -hmm. really delicious. But it takes right. time, like you said. That's right. Yeah. So you drastically, well, maybe not so drastically, but you change your diet, you're eating, you know, you're overdosing on nutrients. What were some other lifestyle factors that you were doing as well while you were getting chemotherapy? Mm -hmm. So I also did a, a couple of radical things. So, well, I'll start with the, the easiest one. And that is, uh, I got an aura ring. So an aura ring is a wearable device that uh, tracks your sleep and a lot of other key data uh, when you're sleeping. So your heart rate, your heart rate variability, all kinds of cycles of sleep, of course. So REM sleep and deep sleep, etc. cetera. Uh, and I track that very closely because sleep is such an important uh, part of the reparative uh, process, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not everybody knows you need REM sleep for emotional repair and you need deep sleep for physical repair. I, I did high doses of uh, vitamin C. I, uh, I see a, a functional medicine uh, doctor in the area, uh, Jay Stevens, and, and Dr. Stevens has got uh, all kinds of cutting edge therapies that are not in traditional medicine, like hyperbaric chambers. I did that. Would you mind explaining what that is? Absolutely. So the hyperbaric chamber uh, was primarily uh, used for years for divers that uh, uh, went to, to great depths and then came up too quick. And what would happen is you'd get uh, little bubbles of either oxygen or nitrogen uh, in, in your joints, in particular, kind of stuck. So what they do is get you in a hyperbaric chamber and bring you to depth again. 
and that you let you slowly off gas those uh, those little bubbles in your in your body. And so that's that was that's called the bends, and that's the way of repairing from the bends. Well, if you if you do that, if you go to a depth, let's say one and a half to two times normal atmosphere, and you breathe pure oxygen, that oxygen goes to all of your cells. So on a uh, cellular level, you are repairing by by hyper oxygenating all your cells. Wow. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. And that's particularly good and documented for nerve damage. So it's known to help people even with PTSD to repair. And it's also very good repairing all kinds of other processes in your body. Yeah. So I did that. High vitamin C is very contra- controversial, but uh, if you do that uh, by IV, uh, that is uh, uh, said to help uh, repair. Yeah. Wow. I love talking about these different just these things that we don't think about, these treatments, these alternative alternative treatments right. that we just don't hear about. So I appreciate you kind of just sharing these different things because sometimes we just don't know what's out there, what's possible. Right. right. And most traditional docs don't don't know enough about it either. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. you're not going to be able to go to your typical uh, primary physician and and have them suggest this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's, it's too new. It's too cutting edge. If you read Mark Hyman's books, for example, you'll hear about that. Maybe John Robbins, uh, John and Ocean Robbins have a terrific resource for uh, kind of cutting edge medicine and diet. You you probably know that. Uh, and also, I think it's, um, we talked about the doctor up at Tufts. Is it uh, Gregor? Oh, yeah, Dr. Gregor. Right? I mean, there is a Dr. Gregor. Is he at Tufts? Yep. Okay. I think he is. Yeah. And he talks a lot about nutrition. Yes. Uh, uh, and and uh, so, for example, he says that eating chicken ha- has been uh, linked uh, clinically to lymphoma. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because he wrote the book, How Not to Die. That's it. And he, and he has a great website, nutritionfacts.org, which yes. is a lot of just evidence-based, plant-based information. Um, That's right. Yeah, which is phenomenal. I love his website. Yeah. George, is there any advice that you would give to someone who may be in your situation, you know, mm-hmm. early 2023, who's kind of trying to navigate just really the all the information that's out there and trying to figure yes. out kind of the best approach for them? Yes, yes. I would say uh, really um, carefully consider some of these alternatives to traditional medicine. Keep an open mind to this. I realize it's not for everyone, and I also have come to to know that we kind of believe what we believe, all, all of us, you know. So it, it it typically people think, I just want a pill to take care of it. I just trust the doctors, and I just want to go that way, and they just kind of believe that. And I, I would just encourage them to open their minds to the to some of the other. Uh, treatments. And even if you don't go whole hog into that, at least explore it. You know, consider uh, if you have cancer, you know, some of these other things that can influence the outcomes. You know. Yeah. I think that's wonderful because that's what you did. And look at where you are today. Yeah. 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 So it's been how long now and and how are things going? 
So uh, my, my last chemotherapy was July 19th. Uh, you know, I had another scan uh, a month later and, you know, uh, got the all clear. So basically the middle of August. So it's, it, it is pretty recent. Uh, and I, 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 I'm going in for another uh, kind of check in with my oncologist next week. Uh, we'll need to do that, you know, about every three or four months probably for another year and then every six months. And they don't consider you cured until it's been at least three years with, with no reoccurrence. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I'll look forward to hearing from you three years from now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Love to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Well, good. Yeah. Well, if there, we'll include a lot of those resources in the show notes. That way for you listening, Perfect. if you're curious to learn more about Chris's protocol um, or some of the other uh, resources that George mentioned, you'll be able to easily find those below. Um, but George, I just appreciate you so much. I appreciate you Absolutely. sharing your story and just being so open and honest about everything. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad we got to meet and, uh, and have that, that very first discussion that really helped, you know, affirm what I was doing. And, uh, and now this follow-up conversation is terrific. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And a big shout out to Carrie who introduced us. So that was yes, really wonderful. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. George, thank you again for coming on the show. I just really appreciate you. And uh, thank you again for sharing your story. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Appreciate it, yep. And thank you for tuning in today. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.